Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's a new era for the 49ers. Oh my God, Jimmy Garoppolo. With a roster full of talent. Debo Samuel with the catch. The pass is going to be picked off by Bosa. Nick Bosa. And it's almost time for kickoff. With Larry Kruger and Lorenzo Neal on 95.7 The Game. Sponsored by Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey. Taste the world's number one bourbon. And by Harris Ranch Beef. Legendary beef, legendary quality. And good morning to everybody out there. Welcome to the kickoff show. Larry Kruger with you. Nolo Neal on this Thanksgiving weekend. The great John Dickinson, though, sitting in his place in the Red and Gold pregame show presented by, as we said, Harris Ranch Beef, Legendary Beef, and Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey. Taste the world's number one bourbon. Well, welcome, everybody, to Week 12 in the NFL. 49ers at home, fresh off of a a trip to Colorado Springs and then Mexico City. Um, and now they get the New Orleans Saints, who roll in four and seven, and the 49ers are six and four, and the Niners are nine point favorites uh, today in Santa Clara, and they'll kick it off at one twenty five. JD, what's going on, man? A lot of people think this is going to be, um, you know, the classic trap game for the 49ers. They don't have a great record after traveling. They were in Colorado Springs and then Mexico City. It is a short week, and they are facing a somewhat desperate uh, Saints team. What do you think? Is this a dangerous spot for the Niners today? I think it is a dangerous spot for the Niners. Count me in, and and good to be with you here for the the next few hours as we talk about this game and and where the 49ers are are at. I I think there are a lot of things, whether it's the, the defensive scheme of a Dennis Allen that's been down by by comparison over over other years or some of the offensive talented pieces that the Saints have the short week all of those things I do think this could be a much more difficult game for the 49ers than it looks like on paper now that doesn't mean that the Niners shouldn't go out and, and figure out a way to win the game but yeah when I see eight and a half and, and a number that that was lurking around 10 during the course of the week from from a gambling standpoint I I've, I kind of shuddered at that a little bit Larry I thought oh boy we'll we'll see and and, and look the Saints don't have a road win since week one when they won in Atlanta barely uh, coming from big time down in that game to to beat the Falcons. The Niners really feeling good about where they're at 
as if the the most difficult part of at least the road and travel schedules and all of that is is behind them. But yeah, the Dolphins next week, the Buccaneers the following week, and the Seahawks on the short week up north uh, with a game that has tremendous divisional ramifications. This could be the one that gets a little bit lost in the weeds, and the Niners have to to fight a little bit harder to get. You know, it's interesting. The Niners are one and four under Shanahan in their first game back after practicing on the road. Um, And then you think short week, Thanksgiving thrown into the mix. Thursday was supposed to be kind of their big practice day. I don't know how much they they got out of Thursday's practice. I wasn't there Thursday. Uh, I was down there Wednesday. I will say this. If... If you point to the locker room vibe as any indicator of anything, and I don't know what to make of it, right? Because, you know, does it matter? Does it not matter? You know, are you, what are you looking for? Are you looking for angst? Are you looking for uh, determination? Are you looking for kumbaya? But, man, just being in their locker room on Wednesday, it was a pretty festive room. I mean, you got, there was a lot of guys. Now, granted, it was a day before the holiday, and, you know, we're asking the players a little bit about what's their favorite, you know, turkey, uh, you know, Thanksgiving side dishes, (laughs) and how was the trip to Mexico City, and they were conquering heroes, and, you know, dealing with the altitude. But everybody, J.D., was in such a great mood. The players are screwing around with one another. They're having some fun with the media. I just get a totally different vibe off this 49er team right now. One that they don't seem tired. They did seem tired like three, four weeks ago. And now they just seem rejuvenated. And I don't know if that is because of Christian McCaffrey and the impact he's had. I mean, the 49ers are 3-1 and one since McCaffrey arrived. Um, they've, they've way improved offensively. They were converting like 40% before he arrived and like 55% is what they've converted on third downs offensively since his arrival. But he just has given this team, um, and Garoppolo in particular, a shot in the arm, um, you know, a feeling of confidence. This Niner team has a real good swagger, and they got a real good kind of cohesiveness vibe to them right now, which I don't know that I sensed that early in the year. It seemed I don't want to say it seemed like two different camps, but, you know, the whole quarterback, um, you know, Back and forth. Should it be Jimmy? Should it be Trey? Trey gets hurt. You know, did Kyle put him in harm's way? There was some, there was some tension earlier this year. Um, that tension's gone, and they're they're as close knit and as tightly uh, grouped at this point as any point all year. They carry themselves now, Larry, like they're contenders, and I think. That is the one thing that, that Christian McCaffrey has has brought into the fold. They had the massive win down at SoFi over the Rams to get themselves back to 500, coming off of the, the brutal, brutal game against the Chiefs in the second half, and the defense just getting shredded in, in McCaffrey's first game with that trade going down, what, 48 hours before kickoff, uh, essentially, uh, at Levi's Stadium. But they get the Rams game, then they get to the bye, they come out of the bye, they, they figure out a way to grind out the game against the Chargers, and then as the game goes on in Mexico City, it's, it's just apparent that they're the, they're the better team. They're the more connected team. Uh, they, they just 
took the Cardinals' soul, really, as, as that game went on. And, and I think it's been a slow build over these last three weeks, and really, I think, even four weeks since McCaffrey came in. It, it, I'll even throw the Chiefs' loss in there because I think, you know, that was a turning point and where they realized that, that some things had to change and that, and that they had to be a little bit more buttoned up. I'm, I'm kind of with you on the beginning of, of the season. I, I think it was... The shocking return of Jimmy Garoppolo as the backup less than two weeks before the season was going to start. And then you go lose at Chicago. And I know the weather and, and all of this, but and it was you know the downpour in the fourth quarter. But, but to have the lead that the Niners had in that game and then to give up the, the three consecutive touchdowns and, and really between that game and then the ugly, ugly game in Denver – this team never really felt like they were playing ahead of schedule, I, I think, at any point, or playing even on schedule at, at any point. They're one and two after three. It's a, it's a real, feels like a bad one and two, given what the Broncos and the Bears have, have gone on to be. They right the ship a little bit against the Rams. They go handle the Panthers. But then right when you think, okay, this it's go time, they have all of the injuries and the, and the ugly defeat in Atlanta, and that leads toward this week where they, they acquire Christian McCaffrey. So I, I think that really was, and we're going to look back on it as, as the tipping point to where all of the expectations coming into the year, I think we're, we're brushed aside. We're, we're set by the wayside because of you know, Trey Lance and the, and the Niners losing that first game and then Trey Lance getting hurt and then the shock of Garoppolo coming back. Like it, it took them half a year, I think, to, to figure out a little bit of, of who they were. But then you throw McCaffrey into the fold, and I think McCaffrey has given the 49ers a championship swagger back as if they believe they're a team that's not only already on a run, but, but that the run is, is only beginning, and this has the, the potential to be massive down the stretch here into December. You know, it's interesting, too. I don't know what your takeaway was from that Arizona game, but we've now seen seen the last two Niner divisional opponents, uh, the Rams and now the Cardinals last week, both just kind of, I mean, I hate to say it for lack of a better word, J.D., but just quit. Just flat out quit. I mean, the Rams were going gun run like mid-third quarter. Um, you know, a few weeks ago, just trying to save, stay, uh, save Stafford, say that five times fast, trying to save Matthew Stafford, some Nick Bosa hits. So they were just gun running on third down, just like, eh, you know what, we're not going to win this game. We'll just tuck it away and, and uh, you know, try to keep our quarterback healthy. By the way, Stafford uncertain to return, they say, the rest of the year. I believe the Rams go against the Chiefs today with um with Bryce Perkins the former Illinois quarterback um at, you know stepping in for Stafford he's their third string quarterback but I think we may see Perkins today against Kansas City but so that that was that was the Rams what 3 weeks ago or whatever it was and then this last week against the Cardinals and I was asking some of the players about it on Wednesday JD do you realize the Cardinals were punting from their from the Niner forty seven yard line with eight minutes to go in that game last week, eight yeah. minutes to go and they're at the forty seven and they're punting. Why? What are you punting? You're down twenty eight points. It was like thirty eight to ten or whatever it was, and you're punting. Just go for it. Who cares at that point? I to me that was yeah. non competitive and just kind of shows you that. Man, uh, you know, the Niners have been so physical the last month that you get to late in the game and teams are thinking about next week. They're thinking about, you know, shelving the whole thing for next week. 
That's a great tell, isn't it? And and you look at the division record, and it's in line with that. The two wins over the Rams. They've got the win against the Cardinals now. They'll see them at the end of the year. But 4-0 in, in the division with the two games to go. Uh, that, that game on January the 7th or 8th against Arizona. And then the big one coming up here in, in a couple of weeks on Thursday night. At least it could be a big one. Uh, right now it would be a big one with the 49ers tied with the Seahawks, but having the, the lead in the division with that, that Week 2 win that San Francisco had over Seattle. But, yeah, they they have essentially, I think, these last couple of weeks – ended or at least gone a long way toward ending the Rams season. I think the Stafford injury and some other things are, are playing a role there as well. And, you know, coming into the game Monday night, it was, hey, the Cardinals got a little action, right? Like that was that, right. that was one of the storylines. And, and it felt like the Niners just ended the Cardinals action to the point where, you know, forget about the division or catching the Niners or anything like that. I mean, they look like a team while only two games out, I guess, still of a playoff spot. But they look like a team that's just kind of kind of done. Let's 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 let's, let's you know, pack it in and and forget about all this playoff talk. I mean, but I think the Niners and the way that they played and 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 really again broke them in the second half played a played a big role in that. And that that reminds me. I don't know about you, but it reminds me of what the Niners do to teams in the Kyle Shanahan era when they're rolling. It reminds me of second half last year. It reminds me of the 2019 team that they would just they would just physically impose their will at the line of scrimmage and and really just demoralize the opponent. And and I think we're starting to see a little bit more of that here in the division these last couple of weeks and and it's really allowed them to to garner that swagger I think they were carrying in the locker room when you were bouncing around on Wednesday. Yeah, you know, two things also stood out early in the game on uh, uh, from Mexico City to me that I think are really interesting. One, Niners' first possession, right, J.D., uh, was the second play of the game. They ran McCaffrey for two yards, so it's second and eight, Niners' first possession. Garoppolo's going to throw a little screen to Kittle in the right flat. But the timing got screwed up. Kittle looked back. Jimmy wasn't ready. Jimmy was ready. Kittle wasn't looking. Um, and Jimmy just fired it into the turf. And it's like I'm looking, and then and then Kittle wind up um, taking a big hit, you know, on the on the on the play from the defender who was right there. So if Jimmy had thrown, try if Jimmy had tried to, you know, fit it into the tight window, it would have been catch and then a big hit from the defense. And who knows, maybe it's a turnover. Instead, Jimmy throws it into the turf. To me. That's you know significant Jimmy Garoppolo growth compared to where he's been. Then go to the next series, uh, the Niners' second series. They start. They're down at this point three nothing, and Garoppolo. I think it was the very first play. He looks to his left, nothing. He looks to his second read. He's going through his progressions, left to right. Goes to the first progression, no. Second progression, no. Third progression, no. Now the Cardinal rush is still not in his face. They're starting now to get a little penetration, and he feels it, and he kind of changes his arm angle, looks underneath, and just dumps it to McCaffrey, who goes for 11 yards, and they pick up a first down. That's the kind, Those two things, to me, are why Jimmy Garoppolo is noticeably better than what we've seen prior to... You know, really, this this last month or so, this this last run, he's got McCaffrey as a safety valve, and he is he's actually bought into the concept that Rodgers has and Brady has and Breeze has for years, which is throw it away. 
You don't make a play, great. But if you don't make a play, that's not making a play is better than making a negative play. Jimmy is so wired to make a play, make a play, make a play mm-hmm. that he doesn't understand that Brady quits on downs, Rodgers quits on downs. Those guys are going to Canton. You know, quit on a down. It's okay. Throw it into the turf. Airmail it into the seventh row. Don't float it late over the middle and turn over the football. A couple turnovers in an NFL game, you can get beat by any team with any quarterback at any time if you are minus two on the turnover table. So I just think that between the safety valve that McCaffrey represents and Garoppolo for somehow, some way, I'd love to hear how they got to this point with him. They finally have sold him on eradicate the super negative play. If he does that, J.D., they could ride him all the way to the Super Bowl. How much of that, in, in your mind, is, is just the, having McCaffrey? Because it does seem like he's, he's reading the defense a little bit quicker, even on, even on plays where he, where he gets it out. You, I noticed it really in the Arizona game on, on a couple of the, you know, the, the touchdown to Ayuk. He's, he's looking, and it, it, it seems more like it's, it's less what's the first read and then kind of scramble around and, and panic mode. Is that because of McCaffrey? Is it, is it more because the offensive line has held up maybe better than it has in, in years past, which has allowed him to do it and not have to be in, in escape or panic mode so quickly? I mean, I, I'm with you. I see the change. I'm wondering, though, more why, what it is. And, and McCaffrey really, I think, is probably the biggest thing that's, that's changed over the course of, of this season or even year to year, if you want to go that route, as to why it's just looked more on schedule for, for Garoppolo in moments where he does tend to get a little frenetic in the past. You know, I, I, I think it's probably a lot of McCaffrey. You know, just the fact that uh, you've got not just a safety valve, but you've got a safety valve who has explosive traits and can te- technically you can take it to the house on any any particular snap if he just, you know, breaks a tackle or two. So I, I think it's a lot of McCaffrey, but I think it's got to be somewhat, you know, maybe it's Brian Greasy, maybe. I mean, we didn't see this. They have not been able to get this basic part of football quarterbacking one you know 1.0 across to Jimmy. Jimmy's been so wired to make a play, make a play, make a play to the point where one of his greatest strengths is that he's resilient after he makes a huge negative play. But right. but, it, but it's become a strength because he makes he keeps making huge negative plays. And it's like look at Jimmy, he just made he just threw a pick six. Watch him bounce back. Well, how about how about let's avoid the pick six and not worry about the bounce back. So, I I think it, maybe it's greasy. Maybe it's maybe it's uh, it's finally hitting home. Maybe it's the fact that they've got such an explosive offense with so many weapons that he now values each series a little bit more than maybe he did prior. I don't know. You know, it's a it's a great question because you know it doesn't seem simple enough that you know yeah you want to make a play, but throwing the ball away in this era of the NFL when. You know, corners can sack you, and safety blitzes are common, and guys are coming from. You're getting pressure packages in all from all different areas. It used to be in the old days, DNs, D tackles, right? Those were the guys who were going to sack you. Everybody else was in coverage. Now 
it's this game at the snap of who's coming, who's dropping. You know, are they going to send four? Are they sending five? Are they sending six? Are they sending backers? Is it a delayed blitz? Are they stunting? Is it a T stunt? Is it an ET stunt? Is you know. The Niner pressure package under D'Amico, I mean, you've seen it. We've talked about it, J.D. It's varied, and it's wild, and you and they, and they can confuse a young quarterback. So, you know, maybe it's it's a combination of, um, you know, he's got a safety valve in McCaffrey. Maybe he looks around and says, man, I got the league's best arsenal of offensive weapons. I better not waste any of these series. I don't know what it is, but it's real growth because if you can avoid the huge negative play, and that's really the deal with the Niners. It's like they, you know, you any team can beat you if you give them two turnovers. And, you know, the 49ers have lost four times this year. I believe in three of the four losses, they've turned it over three times. So, I mean, those that 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 that's kind of the game in the NFL. You know, in college, there's like 15 possessions or whatever. And you, right. you turn, turn it over, it's, ah, no, no problem, get them next time. In the NFL... All it takes is one turnover per half to take two teams that are dramatically different skill level and have them look relatively even. Well, and I think that plays in into today's game, I, I think, perfectly when you look at, at the 49ers coming in as a favorite and, and you look at, at the Saints coming in at, at four and seven. But it's a talented four and seven, right? They've got some playmakers, whether it's Kamara or, or Taysom Hill or, or Alave. And the, the extra possession or the empty possession on offense gives the Saints an opportunity to, you know, they, they have more playmakers, I feel like, than, than a typical four and seven team does. And I think that's where this game is a little bit dangerous for the 49ers by, by comparison. And I know, you know, Andy Dalton isn't isn't Patrick Mahomes or, or anything like that, but I, I do think this is the kind of game where if you do turn it over a couple of times, hell, even even just once, like you're talking about in the first half, and the Saints are able to get rolling a little bit, then you're fighting an uphill battle and you feel like you've got to make more plays as the game goes on. And right there, you're, you find yourself at a minimum stuck in a game that you're that you're trying to win, you know, anywhere probably between four and, and seven points at, at, at that point. So I, I think this, I think it's especially prevalent and important in a game like today where, you know, we can look at the record and the record says that the Saints are not a good football team and they haven't been on the road, but they are talented enough to where if you give them the extra possession or extra two possessions, they can make you pay or put you in a position where, where you're really up against it, even at home in a game that, that you're looking at as one that's that's penciled in as a victory. Yeah. I mean, and on paper, this very much looks like a trap game. I mean, uh, you know, you just played in Mexico City. You trained in Colorado Springs. It was a divisional game. Next week, you've got a date with, you know, Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins. You got Brady rolling in in mid-December. Then you're going to Seattle. Battle. Uh, in a lot of ways, this could be a, a trap game for the Niners. And then on the other side, you know, Alvin Kamara is, is going to play in this game for the Saints. I know he's been banged up. Um, they say Cam Jordan is back. He had an eye injury. He's back this week. Marcus Davenport's back. He had a calf injury. Uh, the left tackle, James Hurst, is back. Andres Pete, the left guard, is back. Mark Ingram all practiced this week. Bradley Roby. Uh, their defensive back, they're one of their top corners, is coming off IR. 
Uh, he practiced this week. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what New Orleans brings. They're a run-heavy offense. Um, their defense has been about average. Their offense has struggled. They're just 23rd in DVOA. Uh, they average just 16.7 points per, per game over their last three games. But it should be interesting because, you know, they're motivated. And, uh, you know, they're a team that has turned the ball over a ton. They got the worst turnover differential in the NFL. They're minus 12. So, I mean, in reality, the Saints are probably a little bit better than that 4-7 and seven record. I mean, when you see a team minus 12 in turnover differential, that's, you know, and that's 32nd in the NFL, that generally means that they're probably a little bit better than that record. They're they're probably more like a six or seven win team instead of a four win team at this point. So we'll have to see. Um, you know, I do want to get your thoughts on on the Warriors as well. It's not just a Niner pregame this morning. I definitely want to get your thoughts on the Warriors. But coming up next, we'll. I want to hear your thoughts on uh, something that Steve Young said this week, I, which I really caught me by surprise. Steve Young. You know, and, and I've talked to Steve for years about about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, and and you know, I think everybody thought that Jimmy Garoppolo was moving on, right? We all thought Jimmy would be would be somewhere else by now, and this would be the Trey Lance show, and it didn't happen. And Steve went on the radio last week and basically just came out and said, "Hey, you know what? I don't want Jimmy here for the next couple months. I want Jimmy here for the next ten years." <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, "Is that in the cards?" Um, but why would it not be in the cards? It's so hard to get really quality play at the quarterback position. I mean, if if it's true what they say, which is the quarterback position is the most important position in sports, then if you get a quarterback that's playing the way Jimmy Garoppolo is playing right now, isn't it a no-brainer that you stay with him? Or is it, you know, maybe not. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo ranks fourth in the NFL this year. He's got a 104.1 passer rating. Um, do you really move off of that at the end of the year? So, yeah, he says, I don't want Jimmy around here for the next few months. I want him here for the next 10 years. And the Niners, you know, Jimmy's known for two things. That crazy record with and without him. The Niners are 36 and 17 when he starts. They're 16 and 54 when he doesn't start and somebody else starts a quarterback. Um, so that's dramatic, right? They're, they win almost 70% of their games when he starts and they win like 23% of, his, of their games when he doesn't start. Um, and the other thing he's known for is the huge, massive mistake that costs you games. The turnover, the the crucial mistake at the wrong time. And it's like now he's starting to kind of eradicate that part of his game. So the turnovers are lessened. And, you know, he's still, you know, they're winning games. So are they going to go away from that at the end of the year? Or do you see... To me, my the way I see it is whoever wins the Super Bowl is going to be here. Um, and I really believe that. But there are those who believe that Jimmy's gone at the end of the year regardless. But then you see him at the Warrior game sitting there with McCaffrey and Kittle and Juice. And, you know, you, you see him in the locker room. He's, he's like a pig in slop, you know. I mean, it's like the guys respect him. It's his room. Um, you know, he's very comfortable on this team with this offense, with this coaching staff, with the surrounding cast. How do you leave this bevy of weapons to what? So you could be the unquestioned starter on some team that that's going to win four games. I, I don't know how you feel about it, but we'll, I want your thoughts next segment. Is Garoppolo a short-term play exclusively or 
Is there potential that we're going to see the opposite? That that Jimmy is the one that stays, and that Trey Lance maybe gets moved, you know, for some some package of uh, picks or players in the off season. I want your thoughts on that. We'll we'll take a break right here. We'll come back next. We'll get JD's thoughts as we're getting ready for the Niners and the Saints. A little Week Twelve action today at Levi's, and uh, of course, you're listening to ninety five seven The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now back to the kickoff show with Larry Kruger and Lorenzo Neal on 95.7 The Game. Sponsored by Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey. Taste the world's number one bourbon. And by Harris Ranch Beef. Legendary beef, legendary quality. And welcome back, everybody. Larry Kruger without Lo Neal today. JD's John Dickinson sitting in for uh, Lo Neal. Hope everybody's having a great Thanksgiving weekend. It is week 12 in the NFL, and we are about uh, inside of 30 minutes away from uh, the morning slate kicking off 7 uh, 10 a.m. games. Bucks, Browns in Cleveland, Bengals, Titans in Nashville. Interesting in that one, the Titans are underdogs at home to Cincinnati. Texans, Dolphins go in Miami. Bears, Jets at MetLife. That's Mike White in for Zach Wilson. Uh, I believe Justin Fields also is hurt, not going in that game for the Bears. Falcons, Commanders. Commanders playing great football. Uh, Broncos, Panthers in Charlotte. Ravens, Jaguars go in uh, Jacksonville. And uh, those are the morning games going on. Um, JD, we we uh, we we touched on it, and of course, Warriors live coming up at eleven thirty. Warriors taking on the T Wolves. We'll have that for you right here on 97, 95.7 The game. JD will have the uh, the the show leading into that right at, starting at eleven thirty. But I asked you at the break: Is Jimmy G a long term play for the Niners? Steve Young says he wants to see him here for the next decade. Is, he, <laughs> is that is that viable, or is is everything on the table, or is this already been decided and he's gone at the end of the year? How do you view Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance and the Niners' quarterback? Uh, you know, future taking kind of the macro view of it. 
it's so many different, I think, scenarios that, that could play out, and, and it really is crazy to think that, that we're even here at this point. But I, I think it becomes more realistic that Jimmy Garoppolo is around for a longer period of time with each win, with each game that gets the 49ers closer to winning a division and then ultimately to a Super Bowl once the, the playoffs start. And and I, I it, it may sound a little bit like a cop-out, Larry, but... I think we have to see how this thing ends for the 49ers. Do, do they win the Super Bowl? Do they get to the Super Bowl? And, and Jimmy Garoppolo is believed to be the reason why, or at least at the top of the list of reasons why they, they don't win the Super Bowl or an NFC Championship game. Or, or hell, maybe they, they get in and everything's looking good and, and they have a bad game or a bad half and, and, and lose early in the playoffs. I think all of those things would be factors in, in the ultimate decision. But uh, I, I also think, and I'm with you, I, I noticed the same things you do with just the you can see why Garoppolo was so, it, it was so easy to say yeah I'll come back when when push came to shove and there there were no other options available and it, it came down to that point where all right are the Niners going to cut him or are they going to try to try to work something out and, and I think Garoppolo at the end of the day thought and said to himself I'd rather be a backup here than be a backup anywhere else. And I think he read the room a little bit and knew that while the 49ers had moved on to Trey Lance, he still had a lot of clout in that locker room. And not that it was going to be divisive necessarily, although we'll never know what it would have been if, if Trey Lance had gotten off to, say, a 2-3, and 2-4 and four start. Maybe it becomes divisive, but I think... I think Garoppolo knew if he ever got an opportunity for whatever reason that the players on that offense and the players in the 49ers locker room would believe that he could get the job done. So it would be an easy step in if he had to step in and really more about just his health and building into a rhythm. And I think we've seen him get healthier as the season has gone on and build his way into a rhythm. And then they add Christian McCaffrey to the fold as well, which is sort of next leveled this thing. But there are so many different factors, I think, Larry. How does it end? What kind of contract would he be looking for? Because this is where he now has some of the leverage if this 49ers team does make a deep playoff run to where he can say, all right, you know, I did it your way because we had to do it your way, but now now you got to pay me back for that. I, I want to go back to being a $20, 25000000 million quarterback again in, in the NFL. Maybe he doesn't say that. And, and, and that leads down a path to where to where there could be a deal struck. And then you got to factor in Trey Lance, and, and not only Trey Lance, the player, but just how healthy Trey Lance is going to be going into training camp and, and a regular season. With, is, is he for sure going to be 100% next year? And his overall value as well, Larry, as, as to if you did look to, to trade him, what would the value be for Trey Lance? I feel like the value for Trey would be down compared to where it would have been before we actually saw him play a couple of games in, in the NFL and then saw him get hurt. So I think that plays a role in this thing. The, the one thing I will say in, in tying it all together, and we can get more deeply into it, if the Niners make a deep run, regardless, and, and let's say Jimmy wants to wants to leave or, or, or wants a, an offer from the Niners that, that's way too steep, they're going to have to get some semblance 
of a veteran quarterback presence in the room next year, even if they're going to go back to Trey Lance, because it, it would just be malpractice to the other players in the locker room to get a taste of being close to winning a Super Bowl and then now saying, all right, we're handing the keys back to Trey, especially when people now know that maybe the Trey Lance experience wasn't going to be as high end as as we all had potentially anticipated uh, in the offseason. Well, you know, it's funny. We Everybody, you know, you're hoping that he's the next Mahomes. You're hoping he's the next Josh Allen. But look at the rest of the quarterbacks in Trey's draft class. Zach Wilson benched today. Uh, though he, the, you know, he was he did lead the Jets to a five and two mark this year, and he did just beat the Buffalo Bills a couple weeks ago. But how quickly He's people been the forget? Thirty second best quarterback in the league, though, by a lot of metrics. Yeah, yeah no, so. no, it's true. He's got terrible numbers, and and then Mike uh, was it Mike Lafleur, who's now there, the former Niner coach, who's now um, you know trying to coach up Zach in under Robert Sala with the Jets. Basically, you know, pointed out that. He thinks it's a lot of inconsistency mechanically with his lower half, and that's what I'm seeing as well. I mean, uh, you, you know, he can't even make the the easy throw, the layup throw, the dump off in the flat to the to the running back. He can't even make that throw with any accuracy because he's just so messed up mechanically. But just look at all the quarterbacks. Trevor Trevor Lawrence shown some nice things, had some disaster games. Justin Fields, Justin Fields is you know such an incredible runner, but. Has he even had a 150-yard passing day this year? I'm not even sure if he has. I mean, he's really a runner almost exclusively. Uh, Davis Mills has had some incredible great games and then, you know, some games where they look like the worst offense in the league. Um, Mac Jones lost his job to Bailey Zappi for a few games. Now he's starting to play well. But, I mean, look at the inconsistency of all of the other quarterbacks taken in that same draft with um, with Trey Lance. It's like this is the plight of the young quarterback. And the one thing that it makes you wonder, I don't know that Kyle Shanahan or this Niner fan base, or maybe even the media for that matter, have the collective patience that it's going to take for Trey Lance to seamlessly transition um, from, you know, FCS quarterback to, you know, well above average NFL starter without some being there being some pain, without there being some bumps in the road. And I can't see the Niner fan base suddenly developing patience. They're the most impatient fan base in the world when it comes to the quarterback. You know it and I know it. But then Shanahan's equally impatient. And, 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 you know, I think the Niners, as long as they're constructed to win a Super Bowl, you know, Lynch is probably not going to show a lot of patience either. So, I don't know. I look at Trey and I see, here's a guy that's got a lot of talent, a lot of maturity, a lot of, a lot of the traits that you want in a good young quarterback prospect. But he needs 20 to 25 starts to really let him kind of find his way, feel it out figure out where he fits in the whole grand scheme of things, learn all the coverages, learn, get in sync with his receivers, have that kind of ability to, you know, to develop that rapport. Um, I can't see them ever giving him that that kind of a ramp up. I can't see Niner fans ever being okay with losing repeatedly in some ramp up stage for Trey. So how does it get done? I mean, how does Trey become the Niners' starting quarterback if the head coach and the fan base and the GM and the rest of the roster are all still thinking Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, and he doesn't have that that wide berth to kind of learn learn his craft? 
you mentioned the 20 to 25 games that, that he needs. Well, that 20 to 25 games right now would coincide with the 49ers' greatest Super Bowl window, right? I mean, really next season and then plus maybe the next season, maybe. Although they're going to have to make a, a lot of decisions, and you know it as, as well as everybody. The Super Bowl windows tend to close quicker than, than anybody can anticipate. So I, I think there's a lot of similarities between what's going on with the 49ers and Trey Lance and actually what's going on with the Warriors and their their second core, right? Their their young core that they're trying to develop. And I think, you know, not to get too lost in the weeds on the Warriors, but the one thing that, that Steve Kerr has found over the course of the, the early going of the season is to, to allow the veterans the best opportunity to win and get their season on track, he basically has had to not play the young players at all in order to make it happen. And I think to relate that back to the to the 49ers, I, I think there is you know, you owe the the players that are trying to contend for a championship at some point the the best chance to go out there and try to do it while you're not waiting around for the mistakes. And and I think with Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster this year, and I, I maintain this and, and I've had people come down my road and say, JD, you're crazy. I think they were headed to a point if Trey Lance stays healthy to where there was going to have to be a decision made as to whether or not there should have been a, a quarterback switch and, and, and basically benching Trey Lance for Jimmy Garoppolo. I, and I think we could already see the early signs of that, even in the first game when they when they lost to, to Chicago. And we'll never know, but I think it was going to come to a head at, at that point in time. If And that was even with Jimmy Garoppolo being... You know, not all that highly thought of in terms of the fan base and, and the media, right? You're looking at Jimmy as if he's uh, mediocre to average. And I'm still thinking we were going to get to the point where maybe Kyle Shanahan was going to have to look to make a switch. If Garoppolo plays at the level that he's played to this point, Larry, and the 49ers get, let's say, to an NFC championship game again... How do you at that point not at least look at bringing Garoppolo back into the fold? Because now your 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 belief in Jimmy or Jimmy's stock is at a at a point where you know you're you're more confident in in what he can what he can bring to the table. So I mean, when Steve Young says what he did, it it garners a, a lot of clout. And I think you're right about the impatience going all the way back because of Joe Montana and because of Steve Young. I think that's why the fan base doesn't have a lot of patience. They want it to look a certain way and quickly. But, I mean, man, it's just, I mean, could you see Jimmy Garoppolo, in in essence, making the contract worth the 49ers while to where they bring him back? And then, what, you're going to have a competition at that point? Or are you just moving on from Trey Lance at that point? I mean, there's so many different variables, Larry. Well, you know, it's funny. It's like, is there one of the uh, old uh, NFL GM who I worked with in the Canadian League uh, said to me in pro, I remember we're talking about, you know, young players at the time. And he's like, Larry, let me tell you, (laughs) in pro sports, he's like, you don't live in the past and you don't live in the future. You got to keep it in the present if you want to have success in pro sports. And there's there's a lot to be said for that, you know. I mean, uh, it's not about you know we're talking a lot about James Wiseman. I mean, the parallels between Wiseman and Lance are really interesting, aren't they? I mean, from the standpoint yep. of both these guys probably have a bright future, probably, but there's no guarantees. Um, so, do you invest in that in that future 
in the present and cost yourself in the present for that future. Or you don't want to live in the past. We all know that. I think most people understand you don't want to live in the past. But there's an awful lot of teams in a lot of different sports that get caught looking, living in the future. You know, it's like, oh, you know what? My team, our team's a little too old and a little too young. Well, that's not what you want to be. And I, you know, I know a lot of personnel people who are like, you know what? They'll do a. We used to do a little thing when we'd go around look at the rest of the teams in the league and just say, how many? What percentage of their roster currently is in the prime of their career? And if you had too many guys before their prime, that was a negative. If you have too many guys beyond their prime, that's obviously a negative. You want guys in their prime. NBA, MLB, NFL, probably the same way in, in, in the NHL. You want guys in their prime. So you got to stay in the present. So you don't want to be hanging on to yesteryear. Bill, you know, you'd rather be like Bill Walsh, get rid of him a year too early instead of a year too late. But more teams than not get caught into this, we're, we're about the future. And you see it in baseball. How many teams actually in a baseball season are really competing to win the World Series? As opposed to, well, we're going to compete in a year. We're going to compete in two years. Heck, the Giants have ridiculous revenue. They just waved goodbye to Buster Posey and Chris Bryant and Donnie Solano and replaced him with Jack. Why? Because they're 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 living. They're really just kind of spinning their wheels in the present. They're looking for the future. They're looking to Marco Luciano and Hunter Bishop and down the road. We'll spend money then. The Warriors. You can make an argument. Joe Lacob. Maybe because of the opulence of that arena. Uh, this is at least my theory. Is that he doesn't want to drive that that Warrior team off a cliff. So he didn't trade James Wiseman for Bradley Beal, and he didn't go all in last year, and he still found a way to win a title. But then he let their entire free agent, you know, their bench walk away in free agency, and just anointed the young the young guys as the replacements. And here we are, uh, you know, what fifteen games into the season, and their young guys aren't ready, or at least aren't getting any time. Um, and they're, and then people are walking around going, where's Porter? Where's Bielitsa? Where's GP2? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so they, it's like they, they're playing for the future until they switch gears and start playing for the present. I, I just think it's dangerous to play for the future because you, and it's da- because you can lose the room. You can lose the guys. The guys have no gear, especially in the NFL, at least in the NBA. Steph, Clay, Draymond, these guys have guaranteed cash in the future. So you could make an argument. You could sell them on, on the future to some degree. You're not selling anybody in the NFL on the future. There is the future is like three weeks from now, not three years from now. Nobody has any guarantees. Nobody knows if they're even going to be standing upright at that point. So it's all about the present. And when you when you play for the future in the present in the NFL. Man, I think you lose some of the guys in the room. And I'm not saying that the guys don't believe in Trey because Trey's very popular in the room. But if he had continued to struggle or if the offense had continued to not put up points and they started to play themselves out of playoff position, there would have been veterans that, I'm not saying there would have been a mutiny, but there would have been guys who were letting their, their opinions heard. Well, I mean, I just look at the Niners. If if they're one and two with with Trey Lance coming off of that off of that Denver game, and then you know, do they beat the Rams or do they not beat the Rams? And that would have been, I think, the first litmus test for for Trey Lance because the one thing Garoppolo and company have been able to do was beat the Rams, and and they stabilized and and got that win and went to Carolina. But if this team's three and four with Trey Lance. 
as they were coming off the Chiefs game? Like, does do they not at that point look to to make a move to to Jimmy Garoppolo? I I think it would have gotten to a point where the 49ers would have had to have ma- made that switch, and, you know, assuming that the numbers weren't weren't great for Trey Lance. And I think you know it was. It was pretty apparent, and I know you were out at training camp a lot, and I was out at training camp a lot. And, and the one thing that, that I kept coming back to with, with Trey just from watching him was, and it was it was hard to totally describe because, yeah, they're going up against a, a, a big-time defense, and, yeah, they're trying to install plays, and, and you, you never know truly how much of it is is you know the other factors. But I expected it to my eye, and, and maybe maybe this is on me. I expected the passing game to look to look smoother. I expected Lance to be a little more consistent, you know, in hitting throws that 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 he wouldn't hit. And and I think those are the kinds of things to where he could have been a tremendous running quarterback and that could have offset a lot of things and and there would have been explosive plays that were open to be had in the passing game to where maybe if he throws a pretty good deep ball it it wouldn't have mattered. But I, I, I think this thing was headed down a path to where the Niners, for this season, were maybe going to have to make a move re- regardless. I, I also want to relate it back to, to this, and I'll, I'll, I'll throw it to you on, on this vein. The, the Niners moved on to, to Trey Lance, and, and everybody had accepted it. And I guess the question I'd have for you, Larry, is you feel better or worse about Trey Lance right now than you did August 1st? And then do you feel better or worse about Garoppolo than you did August 1st, right? Well, you have to feel better now about Garoppolo. I feel worse about Lance, the injury, what I saw of him. You know, I feel worse about about Lance. I feel better about Garoppolo. The question then becomes, and I think this is where a lot of 49er fans are, how does it end? And if it ends with the Niners not winning the Super Bowl and Jimmy being part of the reason why, I do think there's a lot of the 49er fan base, Larry, that would say, well, damn it, Jimmy can't win the big one. Jimmy threw that interception. You got to go to Trey now because of that. And you and you lose sight of the fact that Jimmy still was able to navigate a season in a way that even gave him a chance to be in that position to where he could make a mistake and maybe a wind up not going or winning the Super Bowl. That's the the fine line where do you have enough confidence that Trey can do all the things that get you in position to be there again. That's that's where I kind of sit on on that and that's where I think it's too much of an unknown to just hand it to him off of that kind of injury. Yeah, I mean I I I'm with you. I I feel better about Garoppolo and I feel, you know, a lot worse about Trey. And I feel a lot worse about Trey not because of anything Trey really has done. It's more of how Shanahan used him. It kind of it, it illustrates his lack of confidence in Trey's ability to make plays from the pocket. I mean, you literally ran him like a hammerhead fullback. I mean, I felt like yeah. I was watching Larry Zonka out there. Um, and it's just like, you know. And by the way, for some of you younger people in the audience, look up Larry Zonka. <laughs> people are like, Larry Zonka? Who's Larry Zonka? Um, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? It's like they they ran Trey aggressively between the tackles and claimed it was just normal. And I don't see any quarterback, for the most part, running between the tackles the way they utilized him. So, I, I don't know. I, 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 it made me feel worse about Shanahan, too, because it made me feel like Shanahan doesn't have the goods to really develop a young quarterback. You know, is Shanahan just an awesome play caller and play schemer and play sequencer, and he really can't develop a young quarterback? Because he's never done it. 
So it's like, well, we don't know if he can do it. And in some ways, he called his own bluff by drafting um, Trey Lance because he took a, a, a raw FCS quarterback. You knew there was going to be a transition period. You, it, it, it just screamed out. Uh, Shanahan and his coaching staff were going to have to coach him up. And um, to me... With just, a Super Bowl roster on top of it. Yeah. And expectations. Yeah. Just a, you know, it really... It, it, he doesn't... To me, it seems like I cannot picture a day where Shanahan or the Niner players or the Niner fan base will ever have the kind of patience that it requires for Trey to get the kind of run that he's going to need to get comfortable. So I kind of think they're, they've shifted from, you know, this is all about Trey to quietly, this is all about Jimmy and winning this ring. And then what's the reaction of that? Some people say, well, the reaction will be, hey, that will be the perfect opportunity to go to Trey because then you've, you'll do it coming af- after a Super Bowl win. The fans will have patience. The players will have patience. Yeah, I don't know, if I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not really sure if that's actually well, the case. Well, then you, I mean, think about the, the context of, of how lauded, and, and look, Joe Montana is maybe the greatest quarterback, second greatest quarterback of all time. Steve Young won a Super Bowl, multiple MVPs. But, but think of it in the context of it's taken the 49ers so long, it would be 28 years if they win this year to the last Super Bowl. And, but think of the context of yeah Trey, yeah, but but Garoppolo just became the third quarterback to to win to win a Super Bowl, and now he's not here. I mean, to me, that raises the expectation for Trey. Like he he was better off living in the world where a good portion of 49er fans were down on on Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe even irrationally down on Jimmy Garoppolo because he couldn't get the couldn't get the job done in in the big game like that's a world where i feel like the expectations had a shot for trey lance to be where they needed to be but if the perception was that he was holding a super bowl team down i'm with you i think that would have gone away very quickly yeah yeah we'll talk a little bit about that that super bowl thing that we're discussing up in the next segment the race for the super bowl you know we'll ask jd what he thought of the thanksgiving day games and and who he likes for uh, for the the road to uh, glendale arizona it seems like every one of these teams has a has a major glitch um, who does JD like going to the Super Bowl? Who do I like going to the Super Bowl? We'll talk about that coming up next. And also, you know, and a lot of this comes down to turnovers. I mean, we're feeling good about Garoppolo right now. Niners on a three-game win streak. Garoppolo hasn't a, hasn't had a pass picked in a hundred passes. Got to go back to the second half of the loss to the Chiefs the last time he had a ball picked. Um, so you're feeling good about him. But if he throws two or three more picks today, suddenly you won't be feeling good about him. Uh, it's as simple as that. So it's Jimmy taking care of the football has been one of the major keys for the Niners. All right. Who's going to the Super Bowl in Glendale, Arizona? We'll get J.D.'s thoughts on that as we inch closer to the Niners and the uh, and the Saints down at Levi's. And, of course, Warrior Basketball. Warriors Live coming up at 1130. Warriors taking on the T-Wolves in Minneapolis. Today at the Target Center, you'll here on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 